Minister Yokuduna have done it a better justice when he introduced today's sermon. But just in case you were not here then, I hopefully will be able to catch up with him um, shortly. We're going to talk today about are you really in the family? It's a big question. Are you really in the family? And at this point you're wondering what family? <laughs> and I'm going to tell you a story. But just before I get there, I'll read the scripture, tell you a story. I'm going to tell you a joke. Now this is where, just in case you're new, and I'm sure you're not new enough to know, you know, you know this. This is where you're going to have to laugh. Okay, so send me your laughing faces. I, did, I do get to find out who laughed and who didn't laugh, by the way. <laughs> so there's this uh, lady who walked up to a pastor after the sermon. Pastor just finished preaching his sermon. And this lady walked up to the pastor and he said, you know, I hope you didn't personally, you didn't take it personally and you were not offended when my husband stood up and walked out during the sermon. This couple were seated in front. The husband stood up halfway through the service and walked out. And the woman had to like come to apologize to the pastor. So I hope you didn't take it personally. The pastor, the woman told the pastor and the pastor actually was very troubling. I was terribly disturbed when he stood up and he walked out. And then the woman said, please don't take it personally. My husband has always had a problem from childhood and that problem was sleepwalking. So he sleepwalks. <laughs> I don't know which was worse. I hope you found that as funny as I did. He was, he was sleeping during the pastor's sermon, so much so that he walked out. I can see all the smiley faces. I can see your laughing faces, which means you found it funny. I, found, I, I don't know whether you found it funny because I said so, or you found it funny, funny. Any which way, you're not allowed to sleep up during this sermon. No sleepwalking, no walking to the fridge, no walking to talk to anybody else. Focus, because I believe very strongly God wants to speak to you. Thank you for all the laughing faces. Thank you for those that laugh because it's funny to them. It was funny to me. Thank you for those that laugh because I said to laugh. It's all part of the fun. <laughs> thank you, thank you for being here today. Father, thank you for you have us in mind. So much so, you brought us here to hear from you today. It's my prayer that I will be able to minister your heart to your people. They will hear you, not just me. They will understand you. It will be clear to them what they need to do next. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Minister earlier, when he started, was talking about the whole issue and concept of family and how some people are in family and don't belong to families. And some people are just in families and you don't even know whether they're in your family, in your family or not. Something happened um, a short while ago. We uh, went to Nigeria, beginning of July, because it was my dad's funeral. And a couple of days, you know, a day before the funeral, you know, lots of people started coming to the house. We were sat in the lounge. And this interesting gentleman came through the door. So with the dressing, I wasn't sure whether it was somebody from my dad's church, my parents' church, or whether it's somebody from the family. Boy sat down. My lovely brother-in-law decided to host him and, you know, obviously this man didn't know who was who. It's just weird. And then my brother, and then the man said, where is your mom? Hmm? I was asking for my mom. <laughs> my mom went to heaven 10 years ago. <laughs> and then his uncle got angry that he wasn't hosted properly because he's my uncle. You're my uncle. You're in the family. But he didn't know my mother had gone to heaven. And he said he's the oldest in my father's family. I'd never seen him before. <laughs> and he was really expected to be treated in a certain way. And he felt he wasn't treated in that way. And he wasn't very happy. And I asked myself at that point, is he really in the family? Because if you are in the family, surely you will know <laughs> that my mom has gone to heaven. Okay, maybe you didn't like my mom. Possibly. Possibly. She might not be everybody's, you know, kettle of fish. <laughs> and then she then asked for my dad's sister 
who was at that point extremely as old as, you know, she's very, very old, been unwell for a long time. She was more or less in coma and he was asking for her. And then he said he was my dad's brother. How on earth do you not know? <laughs> What's happening with my dad's sister? What happened to my father's wife, you know, 10 years ago? And sometimes you just wonder, when people say they are members of a family, like Mr. I was saying at the beginning, are they really, or we just bear similar names, or we're from the same area? And he started telling us this history and this story. I genuinely did not believe he was part of the family, to be honest with you, until the following day, he, was show he showed up again at the wake keeping, and I showed up again at the funeral service, and other people that I knew in the family were deferring to him, were greeting him. So he was genuinely a member of the family. He just never showed up. He just never did what family members do. It was, and in my head, I've been part of that family all my life, 54 years. I'd never seen this uncle in my life. And he believe he's part of the family. Question, are you really a member of God's family? Are you really a part of the family? This is our month where we're talking about friends and family. It's our month of friends and family. And one of the words of the month that came is the fact that God will grant us rest. And I love a few scriptures and the way God has set up family in such a way to give you rest. And if you don't understand it, you will not appreciate it. If you don't appreciate it, you will never enjoy the benefits of it. So please take your pen, take your paper, because this is very important. I need you to write the scriptures down. I need you to write what I talk about down. I need you to take it serious. I need you to teach other people because it will bless and help them. The first thing to note are the scriptures. Genesis chapter 2 verse 18 in NLT says, and I read, Then the Lord God said, It is not good for man to be alone. It is not good for man to be alone. Alone is never where God designed for you and I to be. He made a helper because he didn't want them to be alone. Someone says the lone ranger. Even the lone ranger was not alone because he had a horse. So the truth of the matter is God never designed you to be alone. Now let's look at another scripture. Romans chapter 12 verse 5. It's the B part of it we're going to focus on, but Romans chapter 12 verse 5 says, So it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body, and we all belong to each other. Whoa, even that brother you don't like. <laughs> we all belong to each other. I remember Pastor once saying something, that nobody ever gets upset with their sibling and say, Do you know what? I don't like you anymore. I changed my surname. None of us ever do that. I mean, and we're not always happy with our siblings. The other day, somebody was looking at our lineup. We had five girls and a boy in my family. And somebody said, at your dad's funeral, I keep seeing your picture, all the girls together. Where's your brother? Was he not there? I said he was there. He just I wish the girls just cozy up and he doesn't do girly things. So he refused to be in the picture, in some of the pictures. And, you know, sometimes you think this family member refused to do this, that, and the other. But they are still family members. We, are, we all belong to each other, the scripture says. In addition to that, I love this particular scripture, which is in the Bible, Psalm chapter 68, verse 6. Psalm, Psalm 68, verse 6. God places the lonely in families. The family is a place that is designed where God has placed you. The spiritual family is like similar to your nuclear family. One of the things that pastor said that I really, really love him saying is this, that when you become a believer, nothing is broken, nothing is missing in your life because even if you think I didn't have a good example in my nuclear family, God has shown you and given you that in your spiritual family. So what is 
a church? What is a spiritual family? Acts chapter 2. Let's read that and I'll pick a few things up there before I tell you, tell you the reason, the reward, and your responsibility for being in church or a member of a church. Acts chapter 2. Let's read verses 41 and 42 in NLT as well. It says, and I read Acts 2 from verse 41. It says, those who believed what Peter said were baptized and added to the church that day, about 3,000 in all. Then it went on in verse 42 to say, all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in the meal and to prayers. Verse 46, they worshipped together in the temple every day. They met in their homes, in their house fellowships for the Lord's Supper. And then they shared their meal with great joy and generosity. Quite a few things mentioned here that are the habits of a personal member of a church. Your spiritual family gives you an opportunity to explain some of these things here. And I would explain it to you more later. The reasons why God wants it that way. But suffice it to say that your church is the church is a group of believers who have joined together in commitment to help each other fulfill God's purpose for their lives. A group of believers, a group of believers who have joined together, baptized into Christ, joined together to help each other fulfill God's purpose for their lives. For you and I to fulfill God's purposes for our lives, we need the church. We need each other because each member of the body belongs together, the Bible says. The church is not the building. The spiritual family is not the building, 10 Kenneth Road. The spiritual family is the church. You joined with me to fulfill the purpose of God in this place at this time. Why then did God want to put us in families, particularly for those of us that love being by ourselves? <laughs> those of us that don't really like relating to people, you're thinking, I just about ran away from my physical nuclear family, and then God wanted to put me in a spiritual family. Why? You know, pastor said something that when he started out as a pastor, that he used to think that fatherhood was easy. When God told him, be a father to them, he thought, how easy. Maybe because he had a physical father and it's easy for him to understand fatherhood and nuclear family. It, you know, and then all of a sudden he said, then he realized that many people do not even understand the concept of family. So it's so difficult because either people are coming from difficult family backgrounds or non-existent one or interesting ones. Any which way, God wants you to be in his family and he has brought you here, placed you here at this time. Why? Number one, which I mentioned earlier. A desire is to set the lonely in family, to give you an identity. Psalm 68, verse 6. Psalm 68, verse 6. The very first reason, a place where you have identity and belong to God in a family. A place where you have your identity and belong to God. Like a physical family. It's a place of identity. It's a place you belong. Uh, my, 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 my family, my nuclear family. Uh, when I was growing up, we grew up in a certain house. As I grew older, my family moved from that house and my dad bought a bigger place and my family moved to the new place. I wasn't raised in the new place. So somewhere in my head, I don't particularly see it as my home, <laughs> which is weird. I call it my parents' home. Where I was raised before, before my parents moved to this home. Now, this home they moved into, I was already in uni when they moved there. So I didn't grow up there. I'd already, you know, almost finished uni. In fact, my last two years in uni or thereabout. 
almost finished uni, finished uni, stayed in a different town, and then studied in that, uh, worked in that town, and then, you know, got married in that town, moved out of the country, and so on and so forth. So I never really grew up in that new home, or in, in the home my parents, you know, in the last 40 years of their life, or, you know, don't rephrase, in the last 30 years of their lives or thereabout, I wasn't in that home. Whereas that was the home where my, some of my siblings were raised. That's the only home they really, really know. But any which way, whether it's the old home or the new home, the family setting, the family name, whether it's Ten Kenneth Road or Temple Hill, the family gateway chapel, whether it's online or in-house, that is what gives us identity. God sets the lonely in family to give them identity. Whether I was raised in the new house or in the old house or an online member or any which way, whichever one it is, I am part of this family and that's what God designed. I said all of that to say, whether you're watching online, whether you're in America, whether you're in South Africa, whether you're in Europe, it doesn't make a difference. He has set you in this family at this time to give you a sense of identity. Another reason why God sets us in family is to give us spiritual coverage. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 17. And I need you to write this down. You will need it. Other people you meet and know will need it. Because sometimes people say, why would you need a spiritual family? Why would you need a church is not a place I go to and come back out of. It's more than that. Now, Hebrews chapter 13, verse 17 says, Obey your spiritual leaders. Do what they say. Their work is to watch over your soul. And they are accountable to God. Give them reasons to do it with joy and not with sorrow. That will certainly not be to your benefit. When your spiritual leaders, when your house group leader, when your department leader, when your pastors, when your ministers, when your head of department have to watch over you, they, watch, they have to do it anyway because God will ask of you from us. But we could do it joyfully. Think about you and our heart rejoices. We could do it sorrowfully. Any which way is going to be done. So let it be that you are in a place of spiritual covering. Your house, your household is a place of protection. Your spiritual house is a place of spiritual covering. In actual fact, there's something I usually say to people. If you come to this church and you genuinely plug in and you genuinely listen to the sermon and you genuinely follow them, a few things will happen for you. Number one, there will be a remarkable change in your career. Number two, there will be a remarkable change in your financial situation. Number three, there will be a remarkable change in your home. It doesn't matter how chaotic your wedding or your marriage was before. If you sit down and you genuinely listen and you genuinely follow, your marriage becomes a completely different thing. Why? Because you're under a particular kind of covering and that covering provides something for you. Your children move into another level. It's, like, it's as if they are special children because all of a sudden they do well. When I get results from children, I am not surprised. It's expected within this environment. Even if you had kids that were all over the place, stressful, difficult in the past, and you sit down, and you sit down in this spiritual house, I promise you one thing. If you're genuine with yourself, and you follow what you are taught, and you follow what you see, genuinely speaking, your life, your children's life, your career, everything about you changes for good. It's just because you're under a spiritual setting, under a particular type of family. Another one there is a safe place to grow 
and it's a place to prosper. Psalm 92 verse 13. Why do God keep us in families? He wants to prosper you, so he puts you in families. Listen to this Psalm 92 verse 13. For they are transplanted or planted in the house of the Lord. They flourish in the courts of our God. Everyone that is transplanted, either you are brought from somewhere else here, or planted from very onset. If you key in to all God has got to offer you, which I'm going to talk about later. If you key in, now that is actually the thing. Because one of the reasons why I wanted to write this down is just in case it's not happening in your life, go back and sit down and ask yourself a few questions. God, what am I getting wrong? Am I really in the family? You know that uncle? That uncle, well, he was a member of the family. But he, was, he didn't look like the family. <laughs> he was not recognized by family members. He didn't experience the benefits that family had. Just because. It was, but it wasn't. And that is something, unless you sit down and you examine yourself like the Bible says, you will never know. If there is a blessing, if there is an anointing, if there is something that God has prepared for one in a place and you don't get the best of it, that's not, that's not how it's designed. That's not how it's designed. And until you wake up and say to yourself, do you know what? Actually, I am here. I am not just going to church and coming out. I am part of this house. What exactly does this house have to offer? I can tell you there's so much this spiritual family has to offer you. But you must make sure that you're genuinely connected. You're genuinely a member of the family. So when you are in this family, you will flourish. It is part of the covenant that God gave us in this family. Pastor will usually say, he doesn't say it anymore, but he usually say, if you stay in this family and you are genuine with yourself, three months, you sit down, you hear the word, you practice the word, you do the word. Without a doubt, three months, your story will change. And that is so true. I've had numerous testimonies from so many people like that before, where God will surprise you with great things because you're part of a family. Ladies and gentlemen, God wants to bless you. So he wants you to be in a family. This is a good family to be in. It's a great spiritual family. But are you really part of it? Or do you just attend Gateway Chapel? Because there's a difference. Next thing there, one of the things or the reasons why God wants to set you and I in family is because it's a place to be a part of a bigger body. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 16. It's a place to be part of a bigger body. There is only so much that the thumb can do by itself. There is only so much that the nose can do by itself. My mouth cannot start talking by itself. You will freak out, I will freak out. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 16 says, It makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work. Ladies and gentlemen, you have a special work to do, but you're only a part. You have a special work to do, but you're only a part. Yesterday or two days ago, I got, an e I got an email. And the email said, oh, my friend wants to start coming to church. She visited church last week, and she wants to start coming. But she needs to be in the, uh, she needs the bus. Now, I don't drive the bus. I don't know how to drive the church bus. I can drive, but I can't drive the church bus. Do you know what I did? I just sent an email to Emmanuel Egatin Shingu, who is in charge of the bus department. And he replied me straight away and he said, Pastor, leave it with me. I will contact them and it will be sorted. A special work. Everybody have a special work to do. That new person needs to get to church. Emmanuel gets the, 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 the instruction or gets the request. Emmanuel makes it happen. The person gets to church. Did Pastor Bola get them to church? No. But their friend got them to church. Yes. But every part 
has a special part to play. The friend has a special part to play by bringing a friend. Emmanuel has a special part to play by ensuring the bus gets there. Maybe it's not Emmanuel driving the bus on Sunday. Maybe it's somebody else. But Emmanuel contacts the person. The person brings the new guests and everybody is happy. The whole body of Christ is made perfect through that which every joint supplies. When God wants to bless you and make you part of a special work, he puts you in a body. That scripture goes, I say, it, says, it helps the other part grow. Listen, every time you're part of a body, you help the other part grow. Every time you're missing from the body, the body is incomplete and it doesn't grow well. You don't grow well either. Because can you imagine my aunt say, well, I am the right hand and I can do everything for Pastor Bola. So I am going to go solo. The arm will be inadequate. It can't do anything by itself. It can't walk. It can move around, but it can't walk. It can move around on one spot. It can't think about what to do next because the brain is missing. And the Bible goes on and says, so that the whole body is healthy, growing, and full of love. When God wants to put you in a place that is growing and full of love and healthy, it sets you in a spiritual family. If your life doesn't look like it's full of love or it's growing or it's healthy, ask yourself the question, am I really in the family? Because these are the reasons why God puts us in your family. Next one is discipline. We don't like hearing this. God puts you in the family to discipline you. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 7. It says, as you endure this divine discipline, I love the word divine discipline. Remember that God is treating you as his own children who Ever heard of a child who is never disciplined by his father? Who ever heard of a child that is never disciplined by his father? I just um, literally completed studying about David. And I realized that he made such a blunder with both Absalom and his brother, Adonijah. And the reason why they went evil is, and, and you know, they created chaos in the life of David. The Bible said he never corrected them. A father that loves you is a father that will correct you. If you are set in a family and the father does not correct you, allows you to do what you like, where you like, as you like, you are in serious trouble. So when God wants to put you in a place where you will be shaped properly and disciplined, he puts you in a church. A church where there is a father that cares for you. A church where there is a system and there are people that cares for you. Care for you enough to say, well done. Care for you enough to also say, don't do that. Some of us, we have been, you know, by ourselves for a long, long time. You don't understand why anybody will tell you don't do that. When people tell you don't do that, it's out of love for you. And the truth of the matter is, when God wants to bless a man, he puts him in a place where he'll be disciplined. Because the Bible says, whoever heard of a father that doesn't discipline a child? God is set to bless you. So, if this is some of the reasons, it's more than that, why God wants us to be in a family. I want to do is say, what are the resources that the family brings your way? Four resources that the family bring your way before I tell you about the reward and then your responsibility in the family. Four major resources that the family bring your way. The very first one is nurture. The family is a place where God nurtures you. I love the definition of nurture. It says to help something or someone to grow, to develop, and to succeed. You are nurtured if you're helped to grow, to develop, and to succeed. The spiritual family that God has put together is set to help you grow, to help you succeed. So if you want to grow, you want to succeed, you want to develop properly as a believer, be a proper member of a spiritual family. Be a proper member of the church because it's a place that God has set in place to bless you and to help you. Nurture. There is nobody that you see that is not nurtured from your home. There is nobody 
that you see that is not nurtured in a home. So to develop properly, you know, you do need. So your family is a resource for nurture. Your family is a resource for structure. The second one, structure. If you have a life that has no structure all over the place, doing what you like, when you like, as you like, you got trouble. One of the most beautiful things about being in a family is you, it's, structure is automatically created for you. You see the scripture in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 2, chapter 12, verse 12, and verses 15 to 19. We're going to read them both. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12 first. The human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ, structure. Now let's go to verse 15. It says, if the food says I am not a part of the body because I am not a hand, that does not make it any less a part of the body. Verse 16 says, and if the ear says I am not part of the body because I am not the eye, will that make it any less part of the body? Verse 17, if the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? <laughs> if your whole body were ears, how would you smell anything? The next verse then says, but our bodies have many parts and God has put each part just where he wants it. How strange a body would be if it had only one part. Our body has many parts and God has put each part where he wants it to be. Our body has a structure. Structure is developed in the family. There is no child that just wake up in the morning. I don't know any family, any family, spiritual family included, where you just wake up and say, what do you want to do next? He say, anything. So you wake up, you do anything. You don't lay your bed. I mean, even when we are raising our children at home, say, lay your bed. When you finish laying your bed, pray, read your Bible, then come to the living room, and then from there, go to the dining table, sit down and have your meal in the morning, and then clear your plates, wash your plates, then go out, get anointed, and go to school. We have structure. We have things in place that people do. Your family reasons or is a resource for structure that structure then becomes part of your life when you leave that stage of life and you become older guess what you add this structure you wake up you lay your bed you wake up you pray you read your bible before you step out you anoint yourself structure you have formed this structure your family is a resource for structure teaches you from childhood how to be structured that's the same thing as your spiritual family every part of the body have a place and structure is a resource that the family gives you. The next thing that the family gives you is culture. I said the family gives you nurture. It's a place where you're developed and you're made successful. It gives you structure. It's a place where you get to know what to do and how to do what to do on time. And then a place where you get culture. The family culture influences how people adopt, adapt to each other and cultures are very different. I was reading uh, earlier on. So family culture also affects how family members handle conflicts with each other or listening skills or many other skills. There are different family and different cultures. There are some people, they don't get on one with the other, but it doesn't really matter whether you get on with the other. When we come to sit down together, everybody must let their differences go and we are all one because this is how it works in this family, culture. We listen to each other, we have skills, we, we settle conflicts. There are so many cultures you develop in a home. I usually say to people, if you're a lone child, it's an interesting one because you don't get a chance many, many times. You don't get that chance that many of us get to develop culture with other children in the family. When you are one of six like I am, I'm not the first, I'm not the last. So I'm just somewhere in the middle. I'm not the first girl, I'm not the only girl. I'm not special. 
I am part of a culture, a setting. So I develop so many other things. Listening skill, conflict resolution, sharing. So many cultures you develop in a home because I'm not the only one. And I don't want to say, well, you know, if, if you're a lone child, you know, you know, the sun shines from every part of your body. The whole family listens to you when you open your mouth. But when you are a child, one among six, one amongst one amongst three, what do you do? You develop the culture of take, stop, slow down. Your sibling is about to do this and this and this. And there are life skills that help you. Same thing goes for your spiritual family. You develop culture, good culture, that will impact you and impact other people. Personalities, you will meet people. How do people in Gateway Chapel treat each other? A culture, some of you don't feel, I don't, I don't want to be friendly. I don't want to hug anybody. It's a culture. I don't want to, I don't want to shake. I don't want to smile, but it's a culture. I remember once, ages and ages ago, one of the ladies was saying that she walked into a superstore. She didn't know the other lady before, but she knew she had seen them in church. Guess what she did next? Walked up to them, very friendly to them, and say, if you are alone this afternoon, Sunday afternoon, come over to our home for lunch. Now, nobody does that. The lady went. Again, nobody does that. She went because they saw in church and it's the culture of the church. And pastor says, one for all, all for one. It's a culture. So it's a resource for developing good culture. Those are things that happen in family. And last but not the least, there, it's also a picture. It's a resource for knowing the picture of how God has designed your nuclear family. Many of us come from places that our nuclear family is not the greatest. Yet, God's spiritual family that he has given you shows you a picture of what a father should be. Maybe you didn't have one. What the mother should be. Maybe you didn't have one. What siblings should be like, even when we have differences one with the other. So these are resources that your church can provide for you. But what are the rewards of being part of it? Before I talk about the responsibility where I end. Few rewards, just four major rewards there. The very first one, every time you're a genuine member of a church, you're able to focus on God because your church has a focus or a theme at the beginning of the month. It helps you in your prayer time. It helps you in your Bible study time. It helps you as a person. If you're a genuine member of the church, you understand we do something called trumpet night. You come to trumpet night or you log into trumpet night. Why? Because you want to hear the focus of the month. It helps you focus in your prayer, focus in your study, focus as a person. So, by the way, if you're online and you're watching me today, do you even know what the theme of this month was about? Do you know the scripture? Are you focused? Every time we come to church, we get God's word in line with that to focus on certain areas that God needs to work on in our lives. Second thing, the every single time, the reward of being a part of a family, it helps you face life's problems. Life has problems, ladies and gentlemen. Life has problems. As long as you are alive and well, there will always be challenges. But every single time you're part of a spiritual family, guess what? God either gives you a brother, a sister, somebody to help along the way, or a solution. Mr. You mentioned it earlier. There are many, many times that people have helped him in his own challenging times. In my challenging times, people in this church have been there for me. I am grateful to God. People in my church family have been there for me. That is what church family is about. If you're not known, you're not part of a family, you cannot face life problems by yourself. It's not designed that way. It is not good for man to be alone. You are designed to be part of a family and face life's problem with other members of the family. You know, I always say to people, there is no problem that is genuine and brand new to you. It just created from hell right now, hit your door and you are the only one that's gone through it. It's not possible. There is somebody else within the assembly that have gone through it and they went through it with wisdom. What, is wisdom what does wisdom suggest? After prayer, Lord, who have you sent my way that will be a blessing to me? Who have you sent my way that I've gone through this before? I say to people, I was talking to somebody recently, don't, don't ever assume that if you need something, 
Nobody around you has it. It's not possible. It's God's body. And God has a way of making the body function together. So God will bring people your way that will help you when you're facing your life's problem. If you're a genuine member of a church and you are settled in the church and you are rooted in the church, it's a part of the reward of being in a church. Not just that the church as a corporate body pulls around you, people pull around you as well. You get people that come your way simply because you're a part of a family. But what if you're an unknown part of the family? That my uncle that I talked about earlier, an unknown part of the family. I don't know him enough to know that he will need my help one day because he will need my help one day, but I don't know him enough. So are you known in your church? Are you really part of your church? Are you really in the family? And I'm going to talk to you about the commitments of that shortly. The third thing there, it fortifies your faith. Every time you're a genuine member of a family, it fortifies your faith. Let me explain this to you. Do you know if you're a genuine member of something, you're part of it? I mean, like, proper part of it. Not once a week part of it. No, 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 no. Something that you are a genuine member of, you're a really, really big part of it. Many of us, say for instance, you decide to become um, an investor in something. You put your money there. All of a sudden, you're a big part of that thing. Because anything that wants to happen... You pick up every information about it. You read about it. You want to know what's going on. One of my daughters came here earlier on today. I said, oh, I'm going home quickly. I said, why? I said, because I'm going for AGM. I said, what is that? The AGM is a, is a general meeting of the area where she lives in because her property is there. You want to know. So when you are a part of something, you are a real part of that thing. You are part of it on Sunday, you are part of it on Monday, and it fortifies your faith. Listen to me, ladies and gentlemen, if I come on Sunday, like I do, and I tend to attend two services on Sunday, I hear something in second that I didn't hear in first, and I am at my Bible Connect group on Wednesday, I'm at taking your marketplace prayer meeting on Wednesday night, I'm at Thursday, triumphant Thursday like this. Do you think I'm at the same level as the person that came only once a week? No, 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 I am not, I am not. My faith is more fortified. I believe more. I believe God for more. Do you know why I hear more? The Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. My faith is more fortified because I hear more. So we're not at the same level, not because God respects me. He's not a respecter of person, but because I give more time to him. I hear more. I become more. The more you hear, the more you become. So if, hear this, prosperity is it underlines and underguards this church family. And I hear more. Guess what will happen in my life? Prosperity. If peaceful family undergirds this family as part of the, the way this family goes, and I am in this family, and I hear more, guess what happens? Faith for peaceful family just hits the roof in my life. What if my children are not great? And peaceful children, great children are part of this family. Guess what happens to me? All of a sudden, faith for raising godly great children hits the roof. There's so much benefit in being part of this family. So it fortifies your faith. And last but not the least, I'm going to talk about there. It helps me find my place. It helps me find my place. There is something inside of you. There is a mission to accomplish. There is a job to do. There is a gifting God has placed inside you. Every time you're part of a house, you're part of a house, that something brings that benefit or that blessing out of you. Being part of the house is what gives me a chance to be talking to you today. And I love teaching. And that is inside me. I enjoy teaching. But what if I'm not part of of this house. Forget the fact that I'm a pastor's wife. What if I am not part of this house? I will never get a chance to teach. 
I can teach. I can. You know, when I was younger, I would put dolls together. I would be teaching dolls. I used to. We used to have pets. I would teach dogs. I would teach cats. I would teach anybody that cared to listen or anything. I would. In fact, I, I was just. I would teach, even when I don't know. I teach. I teach what I don't know sometimes. Can you imagine when I was younger? So what if I am not part of this family? I will never get a chance to do this. Maybe you're not teaching at Triumphant Thursday, but in your house group, what if you're not part of it? You will never get a chance to express yourself. Being a genuine member of the church gives you an opportunity to bring out something inside of you that will be a blessing to your world. I tell you, the blessings I've received from being a part of a church or a spiritual family that have translated to my marketplace and given me increased left, right, and center, it's phenomenal. I am made by church. God made me and used the instrument of church in every area of my life. Somebody said, oh, how did you raise godly children? I said, church. How did you, when your daughter went through teenagers, I said, I'm grateful to God for Gateway Chapel. It wasn't me. I am not so good. I am not a great mom or a great this or a great wife. No, I hear God's word in this area. My faith hit the roof and I go in faith and God delivers. Every time you go in faith, God delivers. Ladies and gentlemen, God wants to bless you. There is huge reward in being a genuine member of a family. But are you really in the family? Four things as I round up. Four things really quickly. Your response or your responsibility as a family member. Don't be like my uncle. Four responsibilities that you should make sure you embrace, you practice, so you can enjoy the blessings I mentioned, the blessings of prosperity. The blessings of peace at home, roundabout. The blessings of progress for your children. The blessings of all things good around you. Just like Pastor declared at the beginning of this month, rest all around because God chose to favor you because you are in this house. No more chaotic career, chaotic business, chaotic financial situation, chaotic marriage. It's not what is designed to be. So what are your responsibilities? Because if, like P says, a religion that has no rest, give you no responsibility is irresponsible. In everything, we have a responsibility. So not just that the church is the resource, not just that there are rewards, not just that there are things that we need to do. It is what exactly should you look out for? What should your response be? Number one, commitment. Commitment. There are forces, commitment, concerns, contribution, and communication. You can go home now. But you can't because I need to explain it to you. I told you I was a teacher, so I have to break it down. But it won't be long. I promise you that much. Commitment. I, I, I read the definition of commitment. The state of being dedicated to something. Commitment is the state of being dedicated to something. And how do you show commitment? By your time, by being available as a resource for that thing, by being a helpful feedback, by being positive influence in that place, by being a builder and not a destroyer. The state of being dedicated to something is commitment. It is your responsibility, if you're really in a family, to be dedicated to that family. That my uncle is a great, great, great guy. I don't know him. <laughs> and I've not heard a word from him since my father's funeral. And that's been way over a month. So obviously, I'm never going to get to know him now. But was he committed? Not enough. Because he wasn't dedicated. He didn't give time. He didn't get, give influence. He didn't build. He didn't give positive influence. He didn't give helpful feedback. He, didn't, he wasn't a resource. Every time that you are a resource for your church, 
Every time that you're a helpful contributor in your church, every time you give your time to your church, every time you give your tithe to your church, every time you give your talent to your church, guess what you are? You're showing commitment. It's your responsibility. Any member, any genuine member of a family shows commitment. It is not in the words we speak. It is not in what we say. You can't say this is our family house. So my, my parents now, you know, my parents' home is their family house. So we all, we're six siblings, have responsibility towards keeping that family house going. It's not one person's job. It is everybody's job. You and I have a responsibility towards keeping God's family house at Gateway Chapel going. Your commitment level. What is it? If it wasn't there before, let it hit the roof. Let it go further out. Because God wants to bless you. And all the blessings in this place, they are yours. If you are committed. Commitment matters. Change your commitment level on the back of this world. Tell yourself, you know what? Enough sitting around. I got to do something. In fact, do some things. It's more than something. We're talking earlier on today about one of the young ladies in church. She does this, that, and just so much. But you, and so much on social media, so much on media. And I'm thinking, you love clicking, clicking, clicking. You are available. But are you committed to helping? Why would somebody be doing 100% and another person doing zero? And we say, we are all part of the same family. It doesn't work that way. When I was younger, maybe because I was part of many children, we are chores. Everybody does their own on Saturday morning. The reward of chores in my home is we all sit down and we chat. We all sit down and have a good time. That's what we do on Saturday morning. So Pastor, I said it here before that. He came to my home and he thought it was crazy that people just sit down in the living room and don't do anything on Saturday morning. We chat. We have fun. We don't do all the hard work because we've done our chores. Nobody is permitted to sit down without their chores being done. Everybody has chores. Commitment. You do your little, I do my little. Eventually, the whole house is clean. What little are you doing? What are you contributing? Which is the, which is the you know, I'll come to contribution in a minute. That's commitment. The second concern, concern. What is concern? Showing interest. Showing, giving attention to something. Ensuring that everybody around it is contented and happy. Concern. Are you concerned about your church? Are you really concerned about your church members? Are you concerned about your family members? What was I talking about that my uncle? What was the indictment? No concern. Because if you're concerned, you would know my mother had gone to heaven 10 years before. You can't be asking for her by coming to her home now. It doesn't work that way. She's not there. She's not been there for a long, long, long time. Are you concerned about the members that have not been there for a long time? Are you really concerned enough to tell them, hey, there's blessing here, be here? Are you concerned when people are not in church? Does it bother you at all? When family members don't show up, does it bother you? If they are genuine family members, will you not look for them? It's about, you know, put it this way. You want to have a meal tonight. We all sit down together to have a meal as a nuclear family, okay? All four of us or six of us. How many, whatever number in your family. And then one person is not available. They're not at dinner. And you don't know where they are. Would you still continue to eat that meal without looking for them? Oh, Okay, maybe we'll eat the meal. I will say oh, they'll come when they come. But they don't come. Everybody's going to bed. Would you really go to bed without looking for that member of the family? That tells me you are concerned about them. What if you flip that and bring it into the spiritual family? You don't see your family member in church or your family member are not looking happy or something happened or they come to one thing, they don't come and they, you know they've always been around. They are not and you're not concerned. That means that you have not taken them like members of your household because you won't sit down to a meal and, you know, get up and go when, there are there, when your table is incomplete, where some members are missing. Why would you do it in God's house? Why are you not concerned? If you're a genuine member of the household of God, you should be concerned. You should be. If you're a genuine member of this house, you should be concerned about your brethren. 
It's your responsibility. The third thing there is your contribution. Something you give is your contribution. Something you give, something you do to help some other people achieve their own part. What are you going to do to help other people achieve their part in this church? What are you going to do with your skills? What are you going to do with your finances? What's your contribution to this house? I know we get that one. I know we do. In all fairness, it's only when it comes to faith we act like we don't understand. In everything we do in this UK, even when you're going to visit a friend, you take a meal along. You take something along. Even when you go and have a meal together, everybody brings their card out because we are sharing the bill. There's understanding of contribution. The worst part of it is when you go on a date and the guy expects you to pay up. What kind of guy? Don't, don't do it. But anyway, so we get that in this culture. You don't go visiting somebody without taking something along. Contribution. You are never part of something without thinking. We say, oh, let's have a barbecue. You ask yourself, what should I bring? I think that question should also be asked of you if you're a genuine member of this family or God's family. What should I bring? When you're coming to church, what should I bring? Yes, I'll bring my offering. I'll bring my tithe. What else should I bring? A heart of joy. What else should I bring? A heart of concern. Somebody that wants to commit. My talent, my skills, because I'm part of a family. Last but not the least, communication. The art of giving, receiving and sharing information is the fourth responsibility of a family member. The art of giving, receiving, and sharing information. Communication. Who have you last told about your church family? Communication. Who have you last told about what is happening in church? You are here tonight on Triumphant Thursday. How many of your friends are here? Did you communicate with them? When we finish, how many will you communicate with about what you learned today? The art of giving, receiving, and sharing information. What if there's somebody that needs to hear this so they can be delivered and blessed? It's all in your hands now. This is a beautiful family. But are you really in the family? Because if you are, you will contribute. If you are, you will communicate. If you are, you will be concerned. And if you are, you will definitely, without a doubt, be committed to it. I know you are because you're on Friday night service, Thursday night service. But are your friends? Communicate with them because it will bless them. I will end with this. I heard this, and I think it's a beautiful poem. It's titled, This is My Church. This is my church. It is composed of people just like me. It will be friendly if I am friendly. It will be great. It will do great works if I do great works. It will make generous gifts to many causes if I am generous. It will bring others into their fellowship if I bring them into fellowship. It seems to be filled with people if I fill them. It will be a church of love and loyalty if I am loving and loyal. Therefore, God help me as I dedicate myself to the task of being all these things that I want my church to be. Many of us want our church to be this and many more. I want it to be filled. You need to be filled. You need to fill the church. I want it to be friendly. You need to be friendly. I want it to be full of loyal people. You need to be loyal. I want it to be generous. You need to be generous. God is waiting on you. This family is incomplete without you. But one thing I know for sure is you are a real member of the family for being here tonight. And like that poem said, may the Lord help you in all you do to be a big, that member of the family, to be more committed, to be more concerned, to be more in communicating and to be able to reflect God all around in the name of Jesus. You will not fail God. He has planted you here for a purpose, and the purpose will be established in your life in Jesus' name. You will not fail. 
you will not falter in the name of Jesus. God who have called you and made you a part of this family, he knows you have a part to play. He also knows he has a part to bless you with and you will experience the blessing of the Lord in every area of your life. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen and amen. The Lord bless you.